What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. This is your guys' first time listening to the podcast. Welcome to the show. This podcast is free and available on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Index, much, much more. Today's sections are going to be the usual around the world, Mariners, Seahawks. It's going to be a pretty good, decent section on Seahawks today. I got a lot to get into considering we had a ton of information come yesterday after yesterday's practice. With that being said, let's get straight into it, shall we? Uh, around the world section, obviously, is going to start out with the latest signing or information that is released to Bleacher Report from Adrian Wojnarowski, stating that LeBron James has signed a two-year, $97.1 million contract extension with the Los Angeles Lakers with a player option for 2024-2025 season. At that season, uh, at the 2024-2025 season, LeBron James will be 40 years old. His son, Bronny, should be in the league by that point, which is his ultimate dream and bucket list for playing in the league is to play with his son. So I imagine that that will hopefully happen, but obviously it all depends upon what Lakers draft position, all that good jazz, and what they end up having coming out to when the time shows up and arrives, considering that they trade almost everything they have for uh, Anthony Davis, and that's obviously not kind of overly great things in general. But I'm not a big Laker person. I don't know the ins and outs of the Lakers or organization. I will leave that to those people who know a lot more than I do. All pro safety Derwin James of the Los Angeles Chargers becomes the highest paid safety in the NFL with a four-year deal worth up to $76.4 million. He now surpasses Minka Fitzpatrick and Jamal Adams for highest safety in the NFL. Congratulations to him. Texas Rangers. Oh, man. they uh, First, I talked yesterday about they fired Chris Woodworth, or, uh, their, their skipper. And today, this morning, uh, information was released that they have fired President John Daniels. Rangers haven't had a winning season since 2016. They were probably the most active team, one of the top two most active teams in all of baseball during the offseason. Going out, acquiring John Gray from, from the Rockies, getting Marcus Simeon in free agency, Corey Seager in free agency. They spent over half half, uh, half a billion dollars in the offseason, and uh, not a huge shocker to see this happening. Obviously, for the fact they haven't had a winning season in six plus years, it's a bit of a uh, bit of a disappointing season for all the money they put in. And that's a really nice ballpark too. I gotta give them props. That's a beautiful ballpark, and apparently has one of the best food selections also. And I'm a big diehard bar- barbecue fan. Probably a place to go check out here in the foreseeable future. Patrick Reed, uh, golfer, is filing a lawsuit against the Golf Channel for $750 million, which is just an astronomical amount of money, um, obviously. Uh, the reason why he's doing this is because, quote, somebody or an analyst on the Golf Channel was slandering or trying to, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He was, like, uh, talking down upon his name, like... I'm trying to think of the correct word or the phrase for it. It's not coming to my head right now. It's like, there's just slandering. And I know, you know, you can't slander businesses these days, obviously, because it's, you know, it's an actual crime. And based upon the fact that golf is the same thing with turning into a multi, almost billion dollar or organization on a daily basis or on a yearly basis, excuse me, that it's kind of uh, one of those unsaid written rules that you just don't do. And uh, apparently the Golf Channel is dealing with this. I don't know much about Patrick Reed. I don't know how good of a player he is. I'm assuming he's probably top 100 for even trying to pull something like this off. But I'll do a little bit of research and see what I can find out and see where he's at in the in the cup standings and all that good jazz. But I'll let you guys know that on a previous or upcoming podcast. Excuse me. 
Atlanta Braves signed outfielder, young outfielder, Michael Harris to an eight-year, $72 million extension, has the ability to turn into a 10-year, $102 million extension uh, with club options and whatnot. But uh, when it comes down to, to to the Braves, they made it pretty clear. They locked up Austin Riley. They locked up Ronald Acuna. They locked up Michael Harris. Since they uh, brought Michael Harris up from AAA, they went 50-22. and 22. Obviously, he's been a huge part of their success, and I'm very happy for the young man. He was a big part of the Futures game a couple of years ago. And now we're seeing, uh, you know, the fruit grow onto the tree or off the tree for, for, for better lack of a term. And I'm really excited for this kid. He's got great upside, bright future, really, really positive outlook on the game. And just a good role model for many young kids to come. A lot, Some of you have been asking if there is an update on the young man I talked about yes, uh, yesterday. I do not have anything as of lately. I will continue to look for that and see if I cannot or can find a GoFundMe for him and his family throughout the course of the uh, Little League World Series and see if something comes up, which I'm sure sure it will because that's a time and age that we live in okay so that's going to be around the world for today um mariners obviously uh the game is going on right now i'm just a little bit late to getting this out today um i sometimes i've thought about doing a post game show as like an uh you know a post game analysis after today's game if that's something you guys are interested in please let me know i'd be happy to do that um probably not be tossing on a podcast for like the seven o'clock games because obviously recording and editing a podcast at 10 30 11 o'clock at night is not ideal but uh i like to keep them between you know one to three o'clock or one to two thirty is preferred for me so if that's something you guys would be interested in to kind of get my insight on what i saw from the day-to-day -day basis do me a favor please and just let me know uh twitter instagram facebook all that jazz please just let me know um obviously the lineup today was frazier j-rod winker happy birthday jesse winker uh hanniger suarez crawford santana rally haggerty going for the sweep today um i'm watching this actually as i'm recording this to see if i'm missing anything of overly big uh but nothing overly too big obviously third inning got a couple guys on and i'm enjoying this uh interview between logan gilbert and the guys on youtube you know jp crawford and ty france pouring some water and throwing some seeds at Lo logan gilbert this team's got a really good vibe to it and uh that's, that's the vibe you're looking for the vibe that you're looking for excuse me when you're trying to make the playoffs so um mariners currently sit atop the wild card standings 10 games above 500 one and a half games above the second place team um obviously uh so something to know when it comes down to wild card noting and standings toronto is sliding really hard right now uh two and eight in their last 10 on a three game losing streak right now so toronto is just kind of uh in, in the doldrums for Balak of a term right now uh but i will keep my eye on them as well as the white Sox. the white Sox did lose tim anderson and officially when that he did receive surgery uh so i don't know what his timeline is or if he's going to be back for the rest of the season i would not anticipate that due to the fact that the white Sox are battered up real bad obviously for those who watched last night julio seems to be heating up uh again after a slow series in texas recorded three hits two rbis including the home run last night nice to see ty france get on the board with a hit two ribbies last night as well ryan divish of the seattle times caught up with ty france on the post game asking him a couple questions about his recent slide at the plate and asking him if it was his wrist that was bugging him and he made it very clear and i'm gonna have this exact this is the exact quote that ty france uh told to ryan davis last night i've kind of been sucking at the plate lately chasing too many pitches outside outside of the zone not sticking to my plan wrist is not the issue whatsoever i just need to be better at playing baseball and i like that very honest uh not trying to make an excuse or a blame or you know a reason although he's not trying to find outlandish reasons for why he's been struggling he's like look i'm just not playing well and i appreciate that because you know he's owning it and that's what i ask guys that are just you know constant constant professional ball players 
players and athletes. So they just own up to, yeah, I had a bad day. And uh, tomorrow's is going to be a new one. Obviously, today, there is no Ty France in the lineup. They're going to give him a day off to rest and uh, see what happens when it comes to it. But uh, overall, and this is a good day at the plate for lots of guys. Frazier posted uh, a two-hit, two-RBI day yesterday. He continues to hit the ball really well, as well as Sam Haggerty. Uh, he had two hits in RBI. Batting average is up to 321 for Sam Haggerty. God bless you, man. Robbie shined very, very, very brightly yesterday. Six innings pitched, six hits, two earned runs, two walks, 10 Ks. Andres Munoz continues to be an elite, elite pitcher in the American League in all of baseball. Another outing where he, where he posted one inning pitch, no hits, three strikeouts. ERA is 2.61 for Andres Munoz now. I remember back to the days when he was in, uh, we were in uh, Boston and gave up that grand slam to Franchi Cordero, and he had like a 5.8 ERA. And I was like, dude, is, I remember saying specifically, like, dude, his byline was just trash. He doesn't look confident. He doesn't look like he has any kind of mound presence. And oh, something changed. I don't know what the heck he did. I don't know if he changed up his pregame routine. I don't know if he started listening more to Paul Seawald. I don't know what the heck happened, but something, some f- switch flipped. And God bless it, because it's been amazing to watch. Okay, uh, Hawks. I got a lot of stuff today for Seattle. They're more than I did y- y- uh, yesterday, excuse me. But obviously, we got to start out with the news of Drew Locke testing positive uh, for COVID-19. Huge bummer, obviously, for the fact that the news was released like an hour before he, te- he the information was uh, announced that he had tested positive. He was slated to start Thursday's game. This is the perfect opportunity for game number two to see whether or not he was going to be able to vibe and play well with the one see how he was able to integrate into their system and he lost it he blew the opportunity i mean obviously it's not his direct fault that he tested positive uh, he did not look good at all in practice yet yesterday went six to 12 passing interception almost two interceptions one was dropped but uh clearly just wasn't right didn't look good and geno smith had his best day yet of practice while by far he had three touchdown passes yet yesterday so at this point i hate to say this and some people obviously are going to disagree with me and that's perfectly okay because that's a big part of why i do what i do I think this quarterback competition's over. Um, unfortunately, Drew Locke, you had your one opportunity, man, and unfortunately, you just you you blew it. You you just did. I I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be brash. Um, but it's just the circumstance that we're in now. The Mariner or excuse me, the Seahawks. Uh, we're like, look, man, like preseason game to number three is for who's gonna be on the on the bubble spots for the roster. It's kind of how all the teams operate. How the last game is now. Now that there's not four preseason games, only three. So now. Drew Locke is sitting here, can't practice all week, can't even get on the field until practice field until Sunday. So he's missing a, a whole preseason game. Now Jacob Beeson is going to get his reps, and it's uh it's just sad. I feel really bad for for Drew Locke. Geno Smith uh, is going to obviously do the best to take advantage of the situation and make the most of it. Like a lot of these players I'm going to talk about today did especially on the defensive side of the ball since yesterday was offense. But overall, um, Drew Locke, do you have more upside and potential? Yeah, but you're just a little bit careless when it comes down to the football. The fumble at the end of Saturday's game was a big deal to Pete Carroll. That's why uh, Drew addressed it like immediately during his press conference post game. And it's just disappointing to see because I was rooting really hard for this kid. 
especially for the fact that he was packaged as part of the Russell Wilson trade. Like, why, Pete and John, why did you trade for a quarterback that you knew full and well was either going to be a 50-50 to even be on this roster, knowing that you were like, the moment the offseason started, the first thing that came out of Pete Carroll's mouth after Russell was gone, was like, yep, yeah, we, we, we want Geno. Yep, Geno, 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 Geno. It's like, okay, well, if you want Geno Smith, then Geno's going to be probably the starter. And it's just, it just makes my head spin. I don't understand it. I don't really feel like Drew Locke honestly ever got a true opportunity or a shot to really become the starting quarterback. I just kind of feel like it was just, uh, you know, CYA. I'm sure you catch my drift on that. But uh, yeah, it's just disappointing. It really is. I can't, I'm not, I can't dice it or slice it any better. Nice hit. That boy, Mitch Hanniger. I'm getting you guys a little live update there. Nice RBI for Mitch. RBI single. Continues his hitting streak to, to, to 12 games. Congratulations to Mitch. God bless you. Um, Back to Hawks, obviously. Uh, This is a problem. This is a big, big, big problem. I'm really disappointed with this. Ken Walker has a hernia issue. Uh, Pete Carroll has not gone on to his daily press conference today. I will be covering that on tomorrow's podcast uh, to kind of give you an update on where things stand with that. But it's only gonna, it comes down to two possible options for uh, Ken Walker. He either needs surgery and he's going to be on IR for six weeks or six games, or he's not going to require surgery and he's just going to need extended time off his feet to let the hernia heal. Uh, either way, it's not ideal. The Mar- uh, the Seahawks, yeah, I got the Mariners on the TV, so I I'm on, I got my mind on two things at the same time. But overall, this is just really disappointing. Ken Walker has such a huge part of this franchise and this offensive system and the reps with everything that they set up in the offseason. That's why they went out and drafted him in the high second round. Right, but right in front of or behind Boye Mafe, and it's just disappointing. Obviously, it's not his fault that he got hurt and it has a hernia, but it just really kind of sets back the overall flow of what P. Carroll and Josh Snyder were hoping to build. And hopefully, he does not need surgery. My fingers and toes are crossed. Say a prayer for for, for for the young man, as obviously he's a huge part of our future going forward, especially with Rashad Penny essentially being just on that one-year deal. I want to prove it, so we'll see what comes and happens with that. Um, linebacker competition between Joel DeBlanco, which I've talked about a couple of times a rookie linebacker out of Cincinnati and Vi Jones are really something to keep an eye on for Thursday and for training camp for the for the rest just simply due to the fact that um these guys are both extremely athletic players I really like what Vi Jones brings to the table I like the fact that uh Joel is all over the field he's really sound he seems to be a pretty sound tackler very athletic moves well good football IQ which is what they're looking for out of the linebacker position due to the fact that our linebacker depth is really really weak Abe Lucas continues to take tackle our first team reps at right tackle. Uh, Phil Haynes and Jake Curhan are splitting uh, reps at right guard. This is just continuing to uh, talk about and kind of cement into stone into place that uh, Gabe Jackson's probably not going to be with this team. I just don't see it, especially with how much they're raving about these two young guys and how much they're able to uh, contribute and play within the system. With the new scheme of Andy Dickerson along with Shane Waldron in year two as the offensive coordinator. Uh, Today's game practice started at noon today uh, like I said once the press conference and information and tidbits go across come up for Ken Walker and see if we can find out what I come of that I will bring it to you guys tomorrow I did tell you guys that obviously and I covered yesterday was takeaways on the offensive side of the ball today's defensive side of the ball obviously we got to start out with Boye Mafe I talked about him a little bit yesterday just for overall game recap and numbers and box score uh, two sacks applied plenty of pressure speed was very apparent on the field uh, Miles Adams I'm going to talk a little bit more about Miles Adams here 
here in a minute. Uh, former undrafted free agent, really just was great from applying pressure from the defensive tackle position consistently. Players like Quentin Jefferson and LJ Collier are definitely on the bubble with players like Adams making splash plays at that position of defensive tackle. Um, overall, it's just what you want to see from young guys come into the league undrafted, hungry, wanting to make a point and make a make a roster spot. And that's exactly what he's doing right now. Uh, tackling was a major issue for the Seahawks on Saturday. There was 20 plus missed tackling opportunities. Uh, part of the issue, in my personal opinion, is due to a lack of tackling activities during practice and training camp. I'm sure Pete Carroll and uh, I almost said Ken Norton, but Clint Hurt will be addressing this uh, soon, probably during this week's practice, saying, look, we got to start hitting people. This is, a, you know, Pete's not going to, he probably, you know, did not sleep very well trying to think of all of the missed tackles and, you know, remembering and rem reminding himself that this team needs to be sound defensively and already even be competitive. So we'll see what becomes of that throughout the rest of the week. However, though, talking about uh, tackling, I did want to give some sh uh, love and a shout outs to young safeties, Bubba Bull out of Miami and Joey Blunt out of Virginia who stood up for their solo tackling in uh, the middle of the field from the safety position on Saturday. They're one of the high, the highlights of the bright spots when it comes to tacklings and especially at the safety position with uh, Ryan Neal being out and injured. It's going to be a little bit interesting to see what are these, which one of these players can stand out and I really I really like Bubba Bolden. He's really nasty. Reminds me a lot, actually, reminds me a lot funny enough of Ryan Neal. Just a little bit more punch to him. Ryan Neal is a little bit quicker and a little bit more witty. So we'll see who all is able to fit on the roster especially with the injury and see what happens and becomes of that. Okay, here's a new section for you guys. Uh, see how you guys like it. Let me know. Uh, just kind of give me a shout out on any platform. I got this thing that's called like who's rising and who's falling, right? After Saturday's practice. Well, rising, like I talked about earlier, Miles Adams, multiple tackles for loss. Uh, he's making a lot of really sound defensive plays from the defensive tackle position. Uh, and he's smaller. He's undersized. He's only like 275, 280 pounds. Or excuse me, I believe he's about 290 pounds and he plays like he's about 275 280 really twitchy uh relies upon his versatility of moving in between and shedding blockers not so much a power guy he's more of a speed guy which is well needed especially with the new uh defensive system and scheme that we're going to be running under clint hurt this year uh vi jones i talked about a couple minutes ago um he was just he was a cyclone i don't even know what a better way to phrase it to be honest with you um a little bit of interesting information on vi jones for those of you for those you don't know he's a bit undersized at linebacker you know i'm talking about a couple guys that are a little bit undersized but at a linebacker he's only at 225 pounds uh his wingspan is over 80 inches though the guy's got freakishly long arms that's why they compared him to like a smaller version of kj right kj's got super long arms great hit by carlos santana let's go it's gonna be four nothing mariners Woohoohoo! let's go baby let's go um pardon me i'm just kind of giving you guys a update as i'm watching and doing my thing at the same time so we'll see if you guys enjoy this or not uh vi jones extremely athletic high football iq comes from a family of football players and uh it's what you want to see especially for guys who are trying to make the roster push for a 53-man roster spot was great on special teams uh had a multiple multiple i think the the number was four blocked kicks this was his uh stats for his main stack uh stats coming out of north carolina state um i did get his college wrong yesterday I apologize for that uh six sacks four 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 first Four forced fumbles, if I can talk today. Multiple blocked kicks brings a lot to the table. And like I talked about a couple minutes ago, the linebacker depth for the Hawks is a really big reason why I'm talking about these guys. Like, you know, Joel and Vi Jones, 
because when you have a weak or a thin linebacking uh, core and depth, this is what allows for the young kids to come up and really make waves and for them to make a, uh, a spot or a way to get on the 53-man roster. I really like Vi Jones. I do a lot. If he puts on 10 pounds throughout the season, you're talking at 235 with that with that long wing, wing uh, with that long wingspan. Love it. Um, couple things on the falling, and then I'm gonna hop out of here today. Tariq Woolen, obviously, uh, he struggled on Saturday, which is expected in a sense. There was a lot of hype behind him, obviously, a lot of people comparing him. Pete compared him to Richard. Let's just pump the brakes on that for a little bit. Um, let's let him kind of get his feet back underneath of him, get his mind reset, all the, all that stuff. But I mean, it was his it kind of expected. It was his first game. It's a rookie learning curve has lots to learn um wasn't great tackling a couple of his uh missed assignments obviously that first drive of the game was an easy touchdown uh that uh mitch trubisky threw was just a mistake by treak woolen and i'm sure they'll you know try and fix those issues up and patch them up before thursday's game daryl taylor had a bit of a disappointing game only creating two total pressures uh especially with how dominant he's been during training camp look for a bounce back game thursday uh daryl taylor is just a really big part and in, instrumental part of this defense him and in and Wosu creating pressure off the ends. Obviously, Boye Mafe talked about by Jones creating pressure. This team's going to be fast. It's going to be athletic. They need to be able to create pressure, and they need to be able to make the, the uh, DB's lives, excuse me, a little bit easier. And, uh, you know, instead of just having standard, standard interceptions, you need to have uh, sacks and interceptions forced by pressure. And I'm hoping that this new defensive scheme and defensive line arrangement will allow that to happen and come to fruition. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be today's podcast. If you guys enjoyed the content, the uh, topics, and overall conversation, please do me a favor subscribe hit the bell uh leave a rating if you don't mind just kind of let me know how, how well i'm doing and how well you appreciate things and uh just uh share this on any platform possible facebook twitter instagram um anything is really appreciated i'm just trying to get this to be spread out and grow the network and the overall brand so i really appreciate the overall thoughts and everything Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for enjoying the podcast. And I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. And uh, go Hawks. See us rise. And let's, uh, let's hope for a clean injury report on Ken Walker today. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen.